this week on the Roommates Podcast. So you really have to look at how those things play out and then how you see yourself. Well, you know, people like me will always have debt. People like me don't invest. You just have to look at all these messages and realize they're all crap. Yeah. And you have to see... That's, our, that's just how our brains work. So all that stuff, those feelings, those fears are going to come up, but see through them to who you really are. And once you start connecting with your goals on that deep level, like we were talking about seeing the conditioning, it's much easier to create a financial plan that you can stick to. And you have to also put in place your support system to do that. Yo, what's good, America? It's your boy, Hafiz. Chris, the star of the show, baby. And welcome, 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 welcome to the Roommates Podcast, a late night conversation taking you... You, behind the scenes. ...of becoming featured, all the interesting people, perspectives, and conversations you experience on the way. Also, also. Knowing that's the best hour every week where you are. Entertain like a stand-up. Educate like a TED Talk and... Enlighten like a sermon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was that the pointy finger? Yeah, <laughs> was wait, that the, why are you sitting like this, bro? Oh, you know what? I realized <laughs> what's that... What's up with you, bro? When I get in my bag, I have my foot up. <laughs> I, I realized that about go myself ahead, when, I, when I really when man. I really am, but I have my foot up. He's he acts really earlier t- earlier today. I, I didn't have it. I didn't have it. Yeah, up. you acting real different since okay. you're in New York right now. It's anyway, crazy. so guys, as usual, remember the podcast is available on YouTube. We also have the podcast available on YouTube. So check it out on uh, YouTube.com/slash The Roommates Podcast. One more time, that is YouTube.com/slash The Roommates Podcast. Yes, indeedy. And if you are listening to the podcast on YouTube and you want to go ahead and hear the audio edition via SoundCloud, via Apple Podcasts, Google via Stitcher Radio, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can go ahead and pause it on YouTube, head to work, go grocery shopping, or just regular shopping at the mall. Let's say you go to Neiman Marcus on a, eve- a Saturday stroll. Neiman Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> and you can go ahead and check out the podcast. Just type in the Roommates Podcast. And this week. Yes, yes. I mean, I'm really excited. This week, guys, we're going to help you get your money right. Don't say we never helped y'all with anything. <laughs> we have a very, very, very special roommate. We're very excited to come on the show. Please, guys, welcome to the family, your brand new roommate, the lovely Stacy Tisdale. <laughs> I'm so happy to be a roommate. Yes. yes exactly. Welcome. Roommate for life. Definitely roommate for life. Roommate for life. Oh, yeah. Great. Yes. Great. Well, Yo, yeah. you should get. We should all get matching roommate tattoos. <gasps> that would be so cute. Where are you gonna get yours? Uh, yeah, Huffy, where are you gonna get yours? I'm gonna get mine across my chest. <laughs> <laughs> I take the fist. Out of <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, so, Stacy, how, how's how's life been? How, what's been going on? A lot's been going on. Um, Relaunched my mindmoneymedia.com. I'm sorry, Stacey, real quick. For our listeners who don't know who you are and what you do, can you please give us a little elevator pitch synopsis who you are, what you do, and all that jazz? Oh, we'll be here for a while. Oh, no. We go ahead. Everybody needs to know their roommate. Mm -hmm. So I have been a financial journalist for about two decades. And I was two years old when I started. Huh? Wow. Kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I just had the blessing and opportunity to work at just the greatest news organizations in the world. I started my career at Wall Street Journal Television, which turned into CNBC. Then I left there and I went to CBS. I was the first on-air reporter for uh, CBS Market Watch. So I got to do all the CBS shows for many years. I was the first 
um, African-American and one of the first women to report from the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. I was a financial reporter for at CNN for many years, PBS. I was an expert on Oprah, um, all over. And I share all that because what all of that really did was give me a really unique vantage point to see how people relate to money. And I got very frustrated by what I saw, because mm. as we all know, few things work as simple as money, right? Don't spend more than you have. Don't borrow more than you can afford to pay back. Don't mm. invest more than you can afford to lose. But money, leading cause of depression, anxiety, divorce, mm. substance abuse. So there's clearly a lot more to the story than dollars and cents. And as my mother used to always say, instead of DNA, I have WHY. Definitely why I'm a journalist. And I remember um, one day I was reporting from the floor of the New York Stock Exchange for CNN. And my first story was, um, you know, here's five tips to help you get out of credit card debt. And my very next story was that the average American family has about $10,000 in credit card debt. And I was like, what is it about money? Why can't we just get it right, myself included? There's so much knowledge out there. Why isn't knowledge translated into action? Mm -hmm. And then I set out on what I had no idea was going to be a six-year research project into what drives financial behavior. And the answers that I was looking for were taking me much more to psychologists, sociologists, even to, you know, to spiritual people than it was to finance. And the problem became very clear. When people have trouble with money, they go straight to the numbers. I got to earn more. I got to save more, I gotta, whatever. But the real causes of our financial experience have got nothing to do with numbers. It's all the result of conditioning. We're conditioned around our gender. The women and men have specific money roles. Race and ethnicity play a huge factor and how, what we see is possible for us. Consequently, our financial choices, like there's some groups, like African-Americans are perceived to be not good with money. How, you know, how much, why are we fitting that profile? Are we fitting that profile? You know, every ethnic racial group has a financial imprint. It's important to understand yours. Role modeling, the way you see money handled or not, discussed or not growing up. Social messages from the media to live a certain way, to have certain things. And all these literally affect how our brain perceives things. Consequently, it affects our choices. So um, I wrote a book about that, really helping people see their goals, um, really connect with their goals and their authentic priorities, seeing how these things might knock us off course so that they can create a financial plan that they can stick to. And my book, which is called The True Cost of Happiness, came out in 2007, Primo Recession big, big recession. And at the same time my book came out, I started on the Today Show. And a lot of people watch the Today Show. Mm -hmm. And I think um, what I was saying really resonated with people because it was such an emotional recession. So showing people how to navigate those emotional, you know, non-financial aspects of money really resonated. And I got a call from the White House and, the, <coughs> excuse me, the White House asked me Is to- your W or just- it was W. It was W. And the White House asked me to create a behavior-based financial education program for the historically black colleges and universities. And when I did that, that's when my light bulb really went off. But I've had this weird journey because I'm supposed to teach and share what I've learned. So I created that program. We launched it as an orientation at Spelman College. And then soon after that, Congress contacted me, the Congressional Black Caucus, and they asked me to do research into what drives the financial behavior of professional athletes. And through that whole thing, I met Ronnie Lott, 
NFL Hall of Famer, one of the greatest football players of all time, and his All Stars Helping Kids Foundation. And um, I told Ronnie that I wanted to create a program to, you know, financially educate our kids. But in this holistic way, we have to look about money. We have to get out of just looking at money like it's dollars and cents. That's got nothing to do with it. People kill over money. There's obviously a lot more there. So he helped me develop and create winning plays which is my financial education program for elementary through college-age students. You guys should all check it out because you can get lessons to teach your kids at winningplays.org. And it teaches kids how to look at how things like the messages they're getting in the media, their gender, their race, their culture are affecting them so that they can learn how to manage that conditioning and create a good relationship with money. And we were very excited that we got the Department of Education's Excellence in Economic Education Award. So as that was going on, I, um, you know, my media career continued and um, I worked at post that I worked at PBS, Al Jazeera America and um, do some contributing work for like Good Morning America. And what I realized is that I had the knowledge and the expertise to create my own media company. So I create I created mindmoneymedia.com, which we provide content for individuals, for corporations, for nonprofits to help them become financially empowered. <laughs> Stacy, that was a lot to I heard Congress, <laughs> Oprah, <laughs> Jesus contact. <laughs> There's a lot going on right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that that was I I love the resume. That and, resume is and I love ridiculous. the resume, not in a sense of a humble brag. But for everybody listening right now, you need to pause whatever you're doing, mm. grab a notepad, a pen or paper, open Microsoft Word. And if you Something. can't afford Microsoft Word, you have notes on your computer. If you don't have notes on your computer- There's notes on your phone. You have notes on your phone. <laughs> and you need to go ahead and write these notes down because I am telling you right now, if you are in a money buying, which is most people, most if people. you could- have more money in your pocket, which is most people. Cameras cost a lot. If you want to improve your life, which is everybody. Um, everybody, yeah, I would say that. This message is going to be for you. For you as well. For me as well. Yes. So yes. L- let me tell you my um, Stacey Tisdale story. Go ahead. Because Uh-oh. I was introduced Uh-oh. to you via the Breakfast Club. Oh, and- get ready. Go get ready. <laughs> and so for me, I was listening to you on the Breakfast Club. You're just giving just so much wisdom. Boom, 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 boom. I was like, yo, this is just so dope. And then you talked, and then, you know, DJ Envy always asks, you know, the, the, what's practical? You always ask, like, what are the practical things that you can go ahead and do? And you said, well, right now there's an app called Acorns. And you talked about how your son at that time, I don't know how old he was, but you communicated that your son. Had was on Acorns and he had saved X amount of dollars within this first year. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I want that good. much yeah. money. Yeah. He and got more so, money than me already. He I got to tell you two stories, but I don't want to tell too long of a story. So I had, I had an opportunity to invest in Amazon at that time or invest in Acorns. Jesus Christ. And th- I'm thankful for Acorns, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but Amazon at that time I could have invested was three fifty a share. Now it was at twenty two hundred. But that's another story for another day. But anyway, so I invested. Swing in the middle. <laughs> yeah, but if you can invest in Amazon through Acorn. Yes, yeah. I didn't know that at that time. But so I just picked didn't it, read the I, fine. <laughs> so I invested in Acorn and I did Acorn for three years. And then at one point I had lost my job and I had no money to pay my bills. <laughs> and so. I went to my Acorns account hey. that I've been saving for all this time and I was able to pay rent for September. So thank you so much yeah. <laughs> for keeping me homeless off the streets 
for um, a month. Just a month. <laughs> hey, but that investment was important. But, and that's um, one of my favorite features in Acorns and a lot of other apps that are out there are it's a round up feature. Yeah. So what you're doing is um, investing your spare change. For example, every time you use your debit card, if you buy something for $4.51, it's going to round up to the next dollar amount. So it's going to take 49 cents and it's going to put it in the markets. It's money you're not even thinking about and it grows. Mm -hmm. And one thing that we all have to get real about is the you know, work hard, go to school, work hard, save for retirement model just doesn't work anymore. Mm. The new realities of the economy, it simply doesn't work for a whole host of reasons that we can get into. So everybody needs that side hustle. Everybody needs to be, you know, gigging. Everybody needs, you know, multiple streams of income and investing. Since its inception, the U.S. stock market since 1921 has averaged a return of about 7%. So despite the ups and the downs, you know, it's one of the, it's one of the best investments out there. You're getting practically nothing in savings accounts and particularly, you know, African-Americans, all groups, particularly millennials, you can't afford not to invest. And the way to make money in the markets is to have time. Mm. And when, especially when, you know, I talk to millennials and younger people. Time is so on your side. I mean, just investing a little bit now, you know, you just invested for a little while and you had enough to pay a month. Just imagine building that and compounding it. Everybody out there should be investing. And now technology, it's unbelievable. Acorns is one. I love Stash. 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 It lets you um, invest, you know, these are. This is what I love about all of what financial technology is doing. It takes it unless you lets you invest small sums. It doesn't. You know, there's this whole misnomer that you have to be wealthy to invest. And stash, you get to like invest your conscious. Like you can invest in companies that are focused on climate change. You can invest in companies that are focused on empowering women. You can invest companies that are focused on you know, developing the cannabis market. You can, you know, you pick what groups you like and there's just, technology is a game changer. And I want to, um, we were speaking about this before. I have a webinar called You Don't Need to Be Rich to Invest. And if you go to mindmoneymedia.com. Right is there. Webinars, go to mindmoneymedia.com webinars and you'll see that you don't need to be rich to invest. And I'm putting in a coupon with um, roommates, mm. just type roommates in all caps, and you'll get twenty percent mm. off that webinar. It's only like twenty nine dollars, <laughs> but you'll get some um, money off of that. But the message is, technology has really been a game changer, and everybody, everybody can be in the markets now. I love it. That, no, that's 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 real. I mean, so what do you think is like your purpose here? Like you were, you're here in this, in this financial industry. It's your purpose to educate the youth or is it educate everybody, educate, you know, families? What is it? Athletes? Yeah, I'm a messenger. So whatever comes through me, whatever decides what comes through us, you know, I just do my best to stay out of its way mm-hmm. and let everything um, come through me. What I want to do, you know, the legacy that I want my work to leave is to help people not get into so much pain about money, Mm. to really help people navigate that emotional side of it. Because um, financial stress is, you know, one of the top causes of stress. I was just looking at a 
I forget who did it, a research report on how um, financial stress leads to a 15, I think it was Northwestern University, 15% to 70% increased chance of stroke, heart attack. You know, um, financial stress impacts how you make decisions. Mm. Um, African Americans report unmanageable financial stress. Mm. And um, divorces, it just affects every part of your relationship. And people, our identity gets so tied up into our financial circumstances that people forget that self-worth has nothing to do with net worth. Mm. I repeat that, self-worth has got nothing to do with network. And if I can show people how to navigate their conditioning and how to break out of mental patterns, how to step away from beliefs that aren't serving them. And if I can do that through money, that's uh, something that will serve people in every part of their lives. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. You got yeah, something? I, have, yeah. I uh, hope that yeah. answered your question. No, that definitely yeah. answered my question. Um, where is like step number one? Is this something where it's like, is it like <clears throat> going to the gym, find like a trainer to help you out to uncover all the, you know, your diet, all the things that you've been doing and then making a plan and actually executing that plan? Or is it something where like people can do it on their own or, you know, hire a financial advisor? What are some of the solutions to at least start today? Starts with goals. We'll walk through the process in just a second. Everybody needs help. Mm -hmm. And people who write down their goals have a much higher chance of achieving them than people who don't write down their goals. People who write down their goals and share, tell a friend have a much higher chance of achieving them. People who write down their goals, come up with a plan and share that plan with a friend have like an 80% higher chance of achieving their goals and they earn about 40% more over a lifetime than people wow. who don't. So helping relationships, that accountability, we that all really need that. People weren't made, you know, we were made, we were born made to support each other. Mm. So I can't express that enough. You know, there's financial advisors out there. You don't need to be rich to get financial advisors either. I hope everybody counts it. No, thanks to me as a resource. As again, my site's mindmoneymedia.com with lots of information. And follow me on Twitter at, at, at stisdale1. And I'm always putting out information to support. The actual process of financial planning, and it's a, it's a life's journey mm. that can be such a rewarding journey. Like I still, you know, and I, I'm walking down the journey with people. I'm not here because I get everything right. Mm -hmm. And it starts with goals. Mm. And when I talk about goals, I think um, one of the greatest financial planners of all time is George Kinder. He has the Kinder Institute. And he has his clients, you walk in the door and you start by answering these three questions. Mm. So question number one. Here we go. I'm ready. You had all the money you could ever have in the world. We're talking like Oprah rich. Money, that's, will, that's never, nev money mm -hmm. will never be a problem. If money's not a problem, what would you do with your life? Talking to people. And your time. Chilling. Talking to people. Right. So people really think about that. If money wasn't a problem, how would your life be different? What would you be doing with your time? Question number two. You've just gone to the doctor and you found out you have five to 10 years left to live. You're not, it's not going to be like an illness. Yeah. Death is going to come quickly. Yeah. If you had five to 10 years left to live, how would you change your life? Who would you be with? Where would you be? What would you spend money on? What would you be doing differently? You just have five to 10 years left to live. Got it. 
Now, the final question, we go back to this doctor. We do not like this doctor very much. Yeah. And he tells us that we are leaving this plant. We are out of here tomorrow. It's your last day. So if it's your last day, the question is not, what are you going to do with it? The question is, what do you regret? Mm. What are you sorry that you did not do in this precious life that's about to end? Yeah. So when you think about these types of questions you can start to get your mind to see how we spend a lot of time and a lot of money on things that aren't essential to us. Correct. And you can start with that prioritizing and then, you know, you create the financial plan from there. So that's the step one is getting really connected to your goals. Step two is looking at what knocks you off course. Okay. And what knocks, excuse me, what knocks us all off course is something called money scripts. Okay, explain that. I, I never heard it. I use the term money scripts. It's um, Rick. I coined this from a guy named Rick Kaler, who's a financial planner. And Rick. I use the term scripts because people should think of it as a set of instructions written by someone else. Okay. Just like actors blindly follow a scripts, yeah. we blindly follow these money scripts. Okay. There are childhood scripts. Mm-hmm. The way we saw money handled or not, discussed or not, when we were growing up, literally sets the bar for right and wrong in our minds. That's not to say that you're exactly like your, your, parents, parents, your yeah. parents are, but if you never heard healthy discussions about money growing up, you're not going to know how to have one. Correct. If you never heard conversations about people saving and investing and stuff, you're not going to know how to have them. And this is not about blaming mom and dad at all because they had their own money scripts to work with. It's about getting honest with yourself about which scripts are playing in your life so that you can step away from those that don't serve you. This whole process and what, you know, I'd really like to give people give back is we have to learn when we're in patterns Mm. and we have to learn how to see, Oh, I'm in this pattern and how, you know, to step away from it, witness it and not identify with it. And all of this conditioning, it creates patterns, it creates beliefs, but there's so much more to us than that. I mean, people forget, you know, we were born perfect. And if you don't believe that, it's due to a poverty of your understanding. Get rid of that understanding and you will become rich. You were born knowing how to problem solve. You were born with courage. You were born with compassion. These are all that we came made like this. And sometimes we let money make us forget that and get us just trapped in fear. So identity is a big deal. So it's, you know, just stay connected to who you are, your priorities and trust yourself. So you identify your goals. You look at how this money scripting knocks you off course. You had the childhood script. So think about what are the messages I got about money growing up? What, you know, and I even have people talk to their primary caregivers or parents, you know, what are some of the biggest money mistakes you made? What did you want me to learn? And just that information gets conversations going. And then there's social scripts. There's social scripts you know, live a certain lifestyle, have the same things your friends have, send your kids to the same schools, you know, all of these things. Our brains literally work by comparing us to what we see. So it's really important to, you know, get real about, okay, how much of my decision is being affected by this scripting or how much does this really mean to me? Social scripts about gender, a whole, you know, massive thing. I do a lot of work around, um, gender and, you know, women's economic empowerment and, um, women control the majority of the world's wealth. They control 
you know, in the United States, I think of over 40% of all investable assets, they're going to inherit trillions and trillions of dollars in passed on wealth because they live longer than men. Mm-hmm. And the only people who don't seem to know that is women. They have a tremendous lack of confidence around money. You hear so many stories about women not negotiating for salaries and, you know, all these types of things. But when you look at how the world's treated women from the beginning, it's understandable. They have these issues, but it's how we have to really shift our mindset and look at what we've created in the face of such incredible odds to show us what we're really made of, to show us that we're made in that resilience. And until we shift that mindset, we're not going to be able to step into that wealth. So women get a lot of conditioning around gender that they need to be aware of. But then again, so do men. Men are, you know, from day one, they're told that they have to be the providers and the protectors and that women are more nurturers. So, um, to share a story with you, I watched, um, I kind of snuck in the back of a class to watch my winning plays program being taught at, I believe it was Harding High School in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Mm. And um, they were doing the lesson on gender. And it starts by um, having a you know, boy and a girl stand up in the front of the class and asking the kids, how are these two people going to be treated when they walk into a car dealership? And all the kids know, oh, the woman's going to get the higher rate and all this stuff because women are you know, told that they're stupid about money and the, you know, the guy's going to get that. And then we talked about all the, everybody understands the conditioning around women and they can you know, relate to that. But I have the lesson also start with a Cambridge University study about men that found that men actually go into a physiological, that means your chemistry changes, depression after six weeks of unemployment. Mm. I can see that. So if yeah. you were told that your whole life that the one way that you are valued by how you provide and protect, mm-hmm. when you can't do that, I mean, that shows you how close the mind-body connection is. Our mm-hmm. bodies actually do what our minds are telling them is real. And if you're constantly stuck in that message, I'm not providing and protected, I'm not a man, it causes a chemical change mm. in men. So um, I was watching the kids discuss this when I was watching this class and this boy raised his hand. And he said, um, maybe that's why my father left. Mm. And the teacher was like, excuse me? And he was like, well, if he couldn't do the one thing he was supposed to do, maybe he felt we were better I've off without him. And then um, this girl raised her hand and she's like, you know, lions, when they're in their groups, when the males start taking resources away, they leave the tribe. This is our animal nature. You know, when you feel like, when men feel like they can't contribute or they're depleting. They leave. They leave. Yep. So what we do with winning plays is we try to, how can you contribute? It might not be financially, but what are other ways that you can find for yourself to contribute that may, you know, make you remember your perfection? Mm. And there's also um, social stereotypes about race and culture. Of course. That, you know, Different, some groups are perceived to be overly frugal. Some groups are perceived to be, you know, bad with money. Um, I was speaking at Ryder College and an Asian woman came up to me after my speech and she was crying. And I was, speak, I was speaking, it's college students. And she was crying and I was like, what's the matter? And she got accepted into Harvard Law School and her parents would not let her go. Because it's so strong in Asian culture that you don't, that debt is the devil. And she would have had to take student loans to go. Oh, wow. So they got into this whole cultural thing about debt. And that's when I told her she has to ask herself, you know, you have to, that's why you have to get care. What are the messages 
that I'm getting, you know, around culture and race around debt? What do I see people like me doing? What do I see people like me not doing? Is that helping me achieve my goals? That's why I really keep that visceral connection to your goals. And, you know, we talked through that and she was talking, you know, we we're talking about how it's a cultural thing and it wasn't serving her goals. So she might have to step out of that mm. and, you know, just realize, you know, that big disapproval machine that she was getting from her parents, that's her parents scripting. Mm. She doesn't have to take it on. Mm. So you really have to look at how those things play out and then how you see yourself. Well, you know, people like me will always have debt. People like me don't invest. You just have to look at all these messages and realizing they're all crap. And you have to see through, that's that's just how our brains work. So all that stuff, those feelings, those fears are going to come up, but see through them to who you really are. And once... You start connecting with your goals on that deep level, like we were talking about, seeing the conditioning. It's much easier to create a financial plan that you can stick to. And you have to also put in place your support system to do that. So again, this is about connecting to yourself. This is ultimately a spiritual journey. Yeah, yeah. and that's and what I noticed. Just yeah. a, money's just a vehicle yeah. to teach. And I noticed that because it's funny because I, I read a lot of books about financial literacy. I used to always get mad because like the like majority of the book would be about mindset. I was like, give me the practical stuff. You know what I mean? Give me, take all of that pseudo mumbo jumbo. I used to like, give me the practical stuff. And it wasn't until I read The Millionaire Next Door, Francis recommended it to me. Shout out to Francis. And I realized, oh, it's the mindset. So for all the people listening right now, like it's about transforming your mind. And that's the the first, I mean, one of the most important things that Stacey's communicating. And in your opinion, Stacey, let's go to some of these young adults right right now or listen to our show, who have who are who are going to make financial decisions or who have made financial decisions. What have you seen is the top five worst financial decisions young adults make and things they should avoid? They. Um don't realize how much time is on their side. So they don't take advantage of it. They don't take advantage of the time horizon that they have. They um, are held to a lot of beliefs like home ownership. Like home, you know, everybody needs to buy a home. Home ownership is not for everybody. Mm. They, um, it's hard for me to be critical of and this isn't critical, just you were saying some of the mistakes. What the millennial generation has been dealt, no other generation has been dealt. They were born um, during a tremendous recession. Mm. So we were just talking about what a big role that media scripting plays on you. So they have all these images of crashing markets, of you know parents losing their jobs. So their their early money scripting around wealth building took a big hit. They got handed... A horrible economy. They got God only knows what happened to the cost of education. Ooh-wee. We're trying to, you know, we're dealing with over a trillion dollars in student loan debt. Yeah, and got an email. You know, then they went to college and they came out of school and there was no jobs mm. because the economy and the whole wage game changed. They have to save for their own retirement. A lot of them have to pay their own health care. Health care. It's like whoa. Yeah. Mm. And what did they? hand us back the sharing economy mm. to me that tells me a lot about What's millennials the, yeah, you you the whole the gig economy just you know 
side hustles, Ubers, sharing. They're so innovative. Yeah. The The way they figured out how to work around. Some of the, uh, you know, some of the challenges that they got handed that I think um, we could learn a lot from millennials. Mm-hmm. They have their, they have a financial personalities like people who were raised during the Great Depression. They're very good savers. Millennials are very, very, very good savers. Mm. Not millennials. <laughs> terrible investors. They don't trust the markets. Yeah. Mm. So they're saving all this money, but they're saving it at, you know, zero point zero 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 point one percent because of. You know, it's in savings accounts. Yeah. So you compare millennials to Generation X. Generation X totally different. No, I was baby. I was comparing millennials to um, Great Depression people. Oh, okay. who, sorry, no, I'll great. say when you say they're better savers, you mean better savers to Generation than any other generation. Okay, okay, any okay, other cool, generation. Okay, baby, they're better savers than baby boomers. They're better savers than Gen Xers. Okay. But um, you know, they came of age during a lot of those same dynamics that you know happened to people during the Depression. Mm. But, uh, oh, go, go, go. Yeah. Um, so I think their biggest challenge is student loans. Mm-hmm. And when we feel, um, you know, financial stress makes you feel like you don't have choices. It makes you feel trapped. Again, it affects your decision making. So like the type of stories I do for millennials all the time is, you know, tips to get out of student loan debt. Like so many people don't know there's a you know, public service loan forgiveness for five years in public service and a lot of things qualify as public service and you can get, it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be consecutive years. Oh, wow. And you can get your student loan, you'll, you will get your student loan debt forgiven. I think you go, um, just Google. Which loan debt? Public? Public service loan forgiveness program. It's a government program. The Trump administration is reviewing it, so hurry up. Yeah. There's and I was saying public your public loans like Fed loans or no pub, no if you do public service no I'm saying in regards to your loans these are repaying. federal loans okay these so no public. private no Sally Mae this no Wells Fargo just your Fed loans that they can Fed repay. loans okay, public service no loan. Sally Mae guy <laughs> just make that public make service that clear. <laughs> none of your credit should, cards either my but dear. you should look Ross. At, yeah you should look because there's a lot of loan forgiveness options out there but people again they don't think to look at their options something else that's very popular is. Um, Asking employers to pay your student loan debts. More and more, huh? more and more, more and more employers are having to offer, you know, student loan help hmm. to attract employers. How, um, Talking to my dad. They, they're called employee <laughs> incentive programs, and you might have to agree to stay with the company for, I think the average is two or three years, <sighs> but they'll help you pay off your student loans. And there's actually, a, I met a really amazing company at the FinCon conference last week called Honeybee. Mm. And check out myhoneybee.com. You can show it to your employer because they help employers offer their employees low-cost loan solutions that they can do what they want with based on the pile of cash employers are sitting on because of all our unused vacation time. Mm. They structured a product to help people take loans out. Mm. With that, there's also um, well, they, they they finding ways to make money. Yeah. That's, a, that's a hustle, hustle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So definitely, um, you know, ask your employer if they have options to help you pay down student loan debt, public service loan forgiveness, and the government actually can help. Will pay off your student loan debt up to sixty thousand dollars if you work for some government departments. But again, there's so many. Like when I say that, people are like, "What am I going into? Like the Treasury Department to work?" So many things fall under this government window um so um you know just 
do some searching out there. And I, ha- I have a lot of information about this on my website. Again, go to mindmoneymedia.com mm. and you can find um, links and everything for these resources. Yeah, because I, I know, at least for people in our age group, that's probably like the biggest monster over there. Like, and then you see the ramifications. People aren't having families. They aren't starting kids. You know, they aren't yeah, having they kids. Starting anything. families and having kids. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you see how when we're talking about money, we're not just talking about money. Yeah. Because yeah. all of that affects how you feel about yourself. Mm. No, I hear you. I'm t- like, I'm, like, for what I have seen, it's like, that's number one issue is like, how can I get rid of my student loan? I can't buy a house. I don't want to get married. I won't, I can't get this, can't get that because I have X amount of money uh, in student loan debt. And those there's, answers- There's help out there. Yeah. I have never heard of those answers. That's yep, I do. I do a weekly um, event with Angela Yee called Wealth Wednesdays. We do it at her- um, Oh, we know Angela? Yeah. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> we do a monthly- um, community discussion at her juices for life bk which is juices for life is a you know healthy amazing juice bars restaurants that were started by styles p and angela has the one in uh, brooklyn and we have just community conversations where we talk about these like intimate financial issues we bring experts it's live streamed on angela's facebook page oh that's dope and um, we just our last one we did was called student loan debt solutions wow so again you can go to my site mindmoneymedia.com and you know just look for we we talk a lot about this issue but mm. it's out there and every our next wealth wednesday is What's it's a week from this Wednesday? So I think that's the twenty. Uh, Francis, that's the twenty. Twenty. How can I think when you're just streaming? <laughs> twenty. I believe it's the twenty fourth. Don't, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Second is a Monday. Twenty third is a Tuesday, and twenty fourth should be Wednesday. You ain't gotta talk right? to me. You ain't gotta talk to me like that on camera. Awesome. Don't talk to me like that. Twenty fourth. Okay. What's so it's on the twenty fourth, and we're going to be talking about. Um, Investing in the cannabis market mm. oh. because that's an area Weed? of marijuana. Mm-hmm. That's one of the fastest growing investment spaces. So it's like a serious for real sector. And also there's um, a lot of people involved in entrepreneurial ventures. You had Canada this week become the second nation on the planet to um, have federal legalization, national legalization. Oh, wow. So it's um, interesting. Um, we'll be, our panelists are from this group, Estro Hayes, which follows women's entrepreneurial endeavors in the cannabis industry. And it, it's interesting, black women are kind of being shut out of this industry. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they're um, trying to bring some attention to that. But um, Wealth Wednesday is definitely something for everybody to check out. Most of. So we want to be respectful of your time. We know that you got to go ahead and uh, take care of our other previous engagements. So if you were to leave with one piece of fun, one piece of advice for young adults or even older adults that you're like, this is the one thing that's helped me. This is the one thing I've seen help a lot of people. This is the one thing that I've seen a lot uh, benefit a lot of people's lives. What would be that one piece of advice? Remember that your moral more than the world reflects back to you. There's a lot more to you than the world reflects back to you. Money is really simple. Um, The resources and tools are out there. And it's just a matter of, you know, reaching out. Mm. But everybody out there should be investing. You know, it's never been easier. You can be investing in a couple of minutes on an app. And just, you know, get real with the new realities of the economy and just 
know how great it is that there's so many companies and resources out there that are addressing this. Um, another, you know, I was just speaking with a company that is um, helping freelancers by freelancers and entrepreneurs by, um, it's called Joust Bank, and they're launch, launching a product at the end of November. You know, it's almost impossible to get paid on time. Mm-hmm. When you're a freelancer and entrepreneur. So what Joust will do, they'll do all your banking. They're connected with the bank. When you send an invoice, they, they will pay you your invoice and they go to look for the money. Mm. They help you with all your financial planning. I mean, it's a, I'm just so excited to see what's out there yeah. and see what's coming to help people really navigate the new realities of the economy. But we're definitely up for the challenge. That's awesome. That's awesome. So one of the things are. Listeners like to do, they like to reach out to the people who come on the show, send them a message of encouragement, let them know what about the show stood out to them and really impacted their lives. Where can they reach out to you at? You can write to me. Like a letter? Email. <laughs> oh, I'm going to say, I mean, everything's on my website. Mind yeah. Money, go to mindmoneymedia.com, get my email, get all my social media handles. Twitter is at stisdale1, Instagram, stacytisdale1120. Facebook, Stacy Tisdale Money, but that's all on my website, mindmoneymedia.com and my contact information. So I hope people will use that as a resource and know that I'm with you and want to be a helping hand for you. You, you taking on other clients? What if I call you like, hey, thinking about this, you know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> you can't afford right. me yet. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm putting that, all the information is out there for free. And then there's my, web, you know, the webinars. You talked about the mindset. I have a webinar, Change Your Mind, Change Your Money. Yeah. And I have the webinar, You Don't Have to Be Rich to Invest, which use that all caps roommates coupon for mm. your discount. But the information's out there. And, you know, this is my life's work. So I'll keep sharing what I know and sharing from my own experience. That's awesome. That's Beautiful. awesome. Thank you so much, Stacey. So guys, as you know, go ahead and make sure you let Stacey know about what part of the podcast stood out to you guys. Please, please share, 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 comment, all that good stuff. So as I said at the beginning of the podcast, this is your boy Hafiz. Chris is the show, baby. And we are joined by... Stacy Tisdale, <laughs> the newest roommate. <laughs> and we are the roommates, guys. As usual, share, 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 comment, comment, comment. Let Stacy know what part of this podcast stood out to you. Let all your friends know where they can experience the best hour of their week. We are the roommates, and <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>